the theme for the afternoon talk with you is the completion of the discourse on the mindfulness of breathing. I will take a couple of minutes to give briefly the general overview again of the flow and then give the concentration with the talk to these four important, uh, essential and primary areas of human existence. And the thread, as has been pointed out daily by uh, Ulla, is one in which the thread has been the mindfulness of breathing. It is regarded in this discourse as the reference point. So, in other words, if the mind is wandering, caught up in a story, lying, daydreaming, sleepy, or whatever, we employ and we ap- apply mindfulness of uh, breathing to contribute to clearing of the mind, harmony uh, with the body, quietly in touch with ourselves, recognizing and acknowledging what we are feeling, and using and employing the mindfulness of breathing as an anchor point, as a steadying element. And the same principle, of course, can be applied in the daily life. The Buddha commented, of all the meditation practices which he teaches, and there are many, he said the mindfulness of the breathing has such widespread benefits. Concentration, mindfulness, single-pointed, a link to harmonize body and mind, deep meditation, deep happiness, joy, clarity, relaxing of the body sensations and pains, the relaxing uh, of the mind uh, there, (coughs) the capacity out of the mindfulness of breathing to see fresh things which one has never even thought about to arise and stand out for us, and much, much more. And so it's a helpful, useful uh, resource at times, and sometimes, of course, essentially significant and important for us. So in the last section, with this beautiful emphasis on the mindfulness of breathing, uh, experiencing body and mind, relaxing body and mind, recognizing the importance of feelings, happiness, joy, gladness, appreciation, finding that quality of ability to concentrate in a calm and relaxed way. All of this is the freeing up of the mind, less caught up, less stuck, less problematic. And out of that process, those, shall we call it, first 12 steps, there is an invitation or a direction in which we are invited and it is an invitation to reflect, to meditate and explore each one of these uh, four uh, last steps, we could call it there. So I'll just touch upon um, again uh, 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 with you, making it the interconnectedness, as with all things, and interrelatedness uh, between them. And, of course, you've been listening over the days here to uh, 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 Ulla, and so this period of time is just a further reflection and comment and, of course, much uh, similarity with the, with the view there. And It happened very easily, and that certainly during the days here, uh, in 
or with regard to some of the one-to-ones that you've had with myself there, that different aspects of the teachings stand out. So mindfulness, obviously, meditation, obviously, being uh, present uh, there, the seeing of, um, uh, of change, the interconnection of heart, mind and body. And it can happen, and it does happen, it is as if that's what the teachings are about. So one person said to me, oh, at the end of a, re- end of a, a retreat, unfortunately it was one of mine, said to me, oh, 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 I understand, these dharmas are just about being in the moment. What? <laughs> and the simplicity that we have as hu- human beings, and I, I said it's as large a significance as um, the finger has to the whole of the body. So if we put everything into a small box being in the moment is a small box um, it, it, I think it gets in the way it can be an obstruction to the huge exploration that we have as human beings in relationship to our past to the long distant past of our species to all that's engaged in our present which is beyond what we see, hear, smell, taste and touch, because that's limited, but we have the capacity to see and feel and know much further than what's in that moment here for us. And we also have the capacity, as human beings, it's great capacity, to be conscious and have some sense of the relationship of the present to the future, as much as we have a relationship of the past to the present. And then we're getting more into a big picture, not into a contracted one. So we appreciate deeply the presence, the immediacy there. But we see it's not independent of yesterday nor of tomorrow. And in the loveliness of the uh, teaching um, which uh, uh, takes place, Rather than adopt or take a view, oh, it's just about being in the moment, or it's just about being mindful, or it's just about letting go, and all the other one-liners. Uh, so all of these are a contribution, and one of the important ones to be that we can understand and explore here and in daily life is in relation and our relationship to things and experiences, the inner and the outer, other and oneself. And when we look at this relationship, the issue of permanence or impermanence is really important to us, deeply important. Any issue in life where there is some suffering going on, whatever it is about, whatever it is about, it will have some relationship either to something isn't changing that I want to change, or something is changing and I don't want it to change. And if you come up with something unrelated to it, let me know. Any issue, any conflict, any anguish, any hindrance, that which hinders us from seeing more deeply, uh, will have some relationship to that which I want to change and it isn't changing, or it is changing and I don't want it to change. Whatever that may be about. So there is a genuine encouragement 
For women and men on the earth, collectively and uh, individually, to look clearly at this relationship to change. And the Buddha uses this concept, many have heard of it, uh, anicca there. And the recognition is that in our experience with life, clearly and obviously, there is a process and a dynamic going on. We only have to look at our body as an expression of organic life or our mind to know there is a process and dynamic which is going on. We can call it becoming. We can call it evolution. We can call it uh, organic life or whatever uh, we wish. And the one thing that we can recognize this that at no point can we get it to stop and stand still. We can't get to a place with our life and we say, oh, this is perfect. Just this. And we can't choose to use that lovely word. We can't choose to say, it's so perfect, I'm just going to freeze life. It can't get better than this. It probably isn't on the retreat. I know, I know. <laughs> it can't get better than this. And to free, choose to freeze life in this perfect kingdom of God, heavenly, cosmic consciousness moment. Life says, huh. So the Buddha, the teachings has wisely and appropriately said, life keeps unfolding. We are in the dynamic, the living dynamic, at the present. We have a, in terms of evolutionary terms, a rather short movement through this field there. Some of us, in the white-haired club, are getting closer to saying goodbye. And as one beloved friend of mine, Ranchi, who in six weeks is celebrating his 90th birthday and his bright and his kind of energetic and precious and a trustee of our beautiful school in India, he said a precious one-liner uh, there's a delight, a privilege to quote. He said when Ula and I were there in January at the home staying with the family, he said I am in the airport I am in the departure lounge of life. I am waving goodbye to my family and friends and I am waiting for my name to be called. Awesome. Wow. That's life. So here is this movement of life. Each day it unfolds. Each day we get a little closer. Uh, each day. And to repeat, there and with the <coughs> teachings there, that each experience and each event, he simply says anicca. It literally means not permanent. And we only have to look when we were little ones. And sometimes... I mean, going through them more recently, there'd be a group of kids. And I was honestly looking at which one is Christopher. <laughs> so there is the old. <laughs> and my mum's gone, so she couldn't tell me. So there is the old. And there is some sort of connection and relationship to the old and the passage of the years. And any stage is not permanent 
and it's the teachings of not permanent, not as some absolute truth in uh, any any way. It's a reminder. Nothing is worth clinging to, because if we cling, we get stuck. Because life moves on, and we're clinging to what was or what is or what might be, and that movement through life. So, to some way we might say the teachings and the practices we're engaging in here is a development of a human being to have the capacity to be steady in the face of the movement of life not perfectly steady but to be steady with it to understand this is how it is we are not making it up it's not my personal viewpoint we have the authority of our experience no, life is unfolding itself it is revealing itself we have a contribution we make a participation in it and it will not stand still that is not how it is never did, never will and that and the encouragement for us is to be honest and clear with it. And when we're not, there's some anguish and suffering. Sometimes we look, <coughs> sometimes uh, say with the comments which are uh, maybe made over over the days uh, to give a small example. <coughs> And we might do this ourselves, let alone hear the voice of the other. And we, let's say, the voice of the other says, Oh, well, I've got such a good job. I've got such a good career, making so much money. I don't mind my sleepless nights. This is a common story, I hear it regularly. I don't mind my sleepless nights and the stress, etc., uh, etc., you know, I'm a Dharma teacher, uh, there it's not the best thing to hear. And in the listening to that, and I think most retreats I hear a certain voice similar to this, in the listening uh, uh, to that, the person who says it, it might be you, it might be me, or whatever, the person who says, oh, life is like this, what are you Buddhists? I'm not a Buddhist, but anyway, what are you Buddhists? You're always going on about suffering, etc. And here's this another popular one-liner uh, there. And the view uh, arises, but quite often the view arises, this is important, when the person is not in their suffering. Oh, life is fine, I don't mind suffering, everybody suffers, we have to go through it. And that's what life is all about. You, you win some, you lose some, you suffer sometimes, you don't, the others. In a very philosophical law, very philosophical. Anyway, you know what I mean. So I listen to all, 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 all of these things uh, uh, there. It's when the person is in a good mood. It's when she or he is okay with life. It's actually in the suffering, in the despair, the unhappiness, the um, uh, addiction to antidepressants, when, when one's colleagues at work don't like one and they're speaking behind one's back, when one can't get to sleep at night, when one, one's life seems to be in a mess. When the dukkha, the suffering, is actually there in the experience, what is it that the person wants most of all? <laughs> they're not saying, oh, life is suffering. We all suffer. <laughs> they're not saying that. They're saying, help me. God help me. The person doesn't even believe in God. <laughs> God help me. Anybody, the therapist, anybody, my kids even, anybody. <laughs> So in the middle of it, the example, on a retreat, United States some years ago, 
She said, you Buddhists. I love it when they say, you Buddhists. Who are you talking about here? You Buddhists. And she said, you're always talking about the suffering. Not always. There are a few other things. <laughs> a fair bit, yes, I admit, yeah, but not denied it. You're always talking about suffering. Life is suffering, there's suffering in life, you know, just get on with it, etc. Woman in her mid forties, I roughly guess. A year later, she comes to a one-to-one, a retreat. A year later, this is at IMS, the, the centre in Barry, Massachusetts. She does not look a, a happy customer at all. <laughs> so she says, uh, "Sense something is wrong," and she said. I'm in a crisis. I said, what's the crisis about? She said, I've been married for 20 years. I'm in my mid-40s. And my husband, three weeks ago, left me for another woman. I've been having a secret affair that's going on. The woman's half his age. She said, I can't sleep at night. I'm so angry. I'm so hurt. I'm so jealous. I'm so envious. She said, I'm not going so angry and I'm so upset and, and was crying <coughs> sometimes one's a little bit <coughs> so and I remember oh, this is the woman <laughs> from a year ago <laughs> so I said to her you want to retreat a year ago she said yes oh everybody suffers I said to her everybody suffers <laughs> Life is just suffering. It just come, it comes, and it, with all the hand, hand gestures and mudras that go with it. Oh, suffering just comes and goes, etc., etc. And she was shocked. Shocked at my flippant, couldn't care less attitude. Shocked. And out of out of that, she said, oh, I understand why you're talking about suffering. I'm suffering. <laughs> and then we had a, uh, an exchange and exploration and a real dead, steady commitment to want to change this very, very painful situation, which had reached a point at times. She said, I was actually, thoughts are going in my mind, I was actually feeling suicidal about it couldn't believe that this could happen so in the movement and the transition and the flow and the ebb of life such is the dynamic of it that we can't take anything or anyone for granted because in the movement and the unfoldment of life it just moves as it does and those who are with us may stay with us or may not. And it's not that necessarily we've done anything wrong or anything bad, but changes are going on, dynamics are going on, and we stay steady and true to love in this uh, movement and keep with this um, rhythm and uh, flow. And with that, that uh, going now to this uh, second one, it's really... Uh, precious and important dynamic uh, uh, here. In situations, back to the suffering for a moment, forgive me, in the situations of the relationship to that, there are two ways which are pinpointed or spoken about and we need to recognise and appreciate the two, because we've got to watch the inner voice, watch for the impatience, or, what, or whatever it might be. And this is what I got in mind. Sometimes, in a relationship to an event, which is a real challenge and diff, uh, a challenge for us, and, and to work with there. 
We bring the mindfulness to bear. We look at what's going on. We don't wish to feed it like putting wood on the fire. And we want to see our way through this so it's clear for us. And the relationship to that where the patience is required is the ability, it is not easy, it is the ability to remember if I do not feed it, if I do not add fuel, like wood to the fire or even petrol to the fire, the fire will fade away. Understand? There's an issue. It's just not going away like that. We do not want to add fuel to it. We do not want to intensify whatever that may be about. And therefore, we need a certain trust, as some of you have spoken in the meetings with us. In this case, the trust is that being as clear and steady, perhaps sharing with good friends who you trust in their perception and view, will contribute to this issue, whatever it is about in life, it will fade away. And therefore there is some sense of its changing in the course of time without feeding into it and it will fade away. And it will. The fire depends on something inflaming the fire. And we need to be just mindful enough or clear enough that a primary fuel, and sand fuel, wood, is the way we think about it. The feelings may be difficult, of course, unpleasant and, and unsatisfactory and and it feels that might be the heartache, you know, the contractions in the stomach area, the headaches, or just an overall sense of feeling, feeling rather low about whatever the event. All, all too human there. But for that to keep going, it's the thinking about which keeps it going. And the fading is either not believing in the thoughts, not imagining or thinking that the thought is a statement about the emotion, or about the event, or about the difficulty. The thought is the spark out of the fire. It's not a detached view of this is how it is, which we like to think, that the description of the experience, if the experience which is painful is continuing, the description isn't objective, it isn't standing out, it's coming out of the fire. It is the fire. We think this is what's happening. And we think it's a clear, objective statement. And then we ask ourselves, why isn't it fading away? Why does it seem to be getting worse? Because the description is as big a problem as that which is described. The description is as big a problem as the described. It has to be. And sometimes, in this fading away, the sentence construction which we use will either have to be let go of or changed dramatically. Let's say one is constantly saying to oneself and others, I really hate myself. 
I really don't like myself. That single statement, one believes in it, is a description given of oneself. And that description is the problem. And that description has a reaction it can build and build and build and grow more and more and more. And then it can reach the point when it's desperate. Desperate. So there's the experience in the feelings, in the emotions, sometimes in the body. But then there's, what is the way that we look at it? And that willingness <coughs> to change or stop believing in the description, <coughs> not realizing that it's going to take a while for these feelings and emotions and hurt and trauma and difficulty, whatever, to fade away. And it might well be that in the fading, there are moments when it's just not present. It's not like a painful history or a worry about the future is in every moment. It's not possible. It is simply not possible. So the moments when we're not oppressed by our own mind or our own heart and just feeling quietly okay, really appreciate those moments. Because if we know those moments in the middle of the storm, even quite sure if we know those moments, we will be able to find those moments much more easily. And we will lose interest and keep going back to those painful experiences. Because we know it is not it, it is not permanent, these painful experiences. They're even being interrupted regularly. And sometimes you go to visit a person with cancer, she or he has got two or three weeks left. And instead of asking the question, how are you, which they know better already, and they've been asked that for every visitor that's been to them, uh, you, you start talking about Brexit. You start talking uh, about the fact that uh, Germany are out of the Women's World Cup, or, or whatever. And sometimes people, in the middle of the drama, they want to be treated normally. Even sickness is important and we must be respectful and careful, of course, about. But sometimes, having worked with plenty of people, sometimes they just want to be treated normally. A friend of mine, director of a hospice, Zen hospice, there, it's in the middle of the night. All the patients are very, very close to death. One of the patients is very, very close to death. And he said to me, he was, it was three o'clock in the morning, he said he was so tired, and this elderly woman, uh, and he said he was so tired, he said to her, he said, I'm so tired, can I get into bed with you? <laughs> <laughs> this is a person who's got maybe a day or two left of their life, and she's just, her face went all bright, and she said, yes. <laughs> and sometimes something out of the box something fresh, something new something different uh, uh, there and to see those see those moments uh, uh, there so it's just that recognition of change as I say, patience with the fading away there but Teachings are not reliant on our not feeding an issue, not reliant on changing our description, sometimes changing the key words and finding some other way of looking at it, which is important there. But there is also the capacity for it just stops. It stops. And 
the usual word is uh, use which is extinction that's you know, the common word uh, uh, there but Niroda it has that meaning for sure but in the English because extinction even with uh, extinction rebellion mm. it, 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 in the Dharma teaching it, it kind of means an exit it's an exit but a precious ex, uh, a precious uh, exit and what that means is that there are situations where our life is going by, there is an issue, it's not resolved, we can't be reliant upon the other, whoever she, he, uh, they uh, may, may be. And then, what emerges out of the being uh, is an immediate resolution. Sometimes we hardly know where it comes from, but there is an immediate resolution of it. There's no fading away, there's no involvement in time, and the tradition, Buddhist tradition, to its credit, has possibly a little bit inspired by this discourse, has a long-standing engagement and exploration, which even formed into schools, called the Gradual and the Southern School. And though they got geographically located uh, there, but uh, the Buddha's Dharma, being the way that it is, recognises the human experience and say sometimes it's going to be gradual. Uh, I hear from my gossip, gossiping uh, 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 friends. So a person may go, let's say, has an area or an issue or a concern or whatever. She or he, let's say, goes into psychotherapy, which can be genuinely helpful and healthy and, and valuable. But I get concerned, where the concern is, not in the good skills of therapists, not in the methodology which is used, but sometimes the sentence which goes before it. And one of the sentences which go before it, for some, I hope this is very occasional, but for some is the person, that means the therapist, sees, meets a new client, Here's what that issue is about. And then says in the sentence, sometimes, oh, this will take a year of therapy to resolve. This will take two years. The therapist has no clue what they're talking about. It's nonsense. Nonsense. And I just wonder sometimes, is the therapist needing clients? Mm. I wonder if that's what it's about. Uh, so, at times, it is gradual and beneficial. As Jesus would say, we do not know the hour. We do not know the moment of the completion. We do not know when we're out of the dark tunnel. That, one can't say, well, oh, next week. Or two years. And it could be one firm, clear communication in the space of ten minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. I'm, I'm a ten minute man and it was a fifteen minute woman. <laughs> <laughs> that in a short period of time there is the potential, or in the listening, for something to be seen so clearly, boom. It, it's a break with the problematic old. That can emerge from the voice outside, it can emerge out of the nature, it can emerge out of a poem, it can emerge out of a, cumin uh, a communication and a, a sharing, out of the voice of the therapist, the teacher, or, or whatever. We don't mind where it comes from. It could even come out of a Hollywood movie, but that would be extraordinarily rare. <laughs> So sometimes the voice which touches inner and outer can change things 
just like that. And we shouldn't underestimate our own voice. And the example that I, I've got for this sudden ending, one of the kiss case women said to me, she's a you know, partner, uh, husband, married, yeah, no, the full catastrophe. Uh, no, very bad. And, um, and she said, she noticed in herself that she was constantly complaining to her husband about him. She said, she, all sorts of things. Oh, you don't know how to cook, I'll do it, you know, etc. And, and, and just finding fault, just finding fault. And he, obviously picking up, and who would want to live with any man or woman? If you get the feeling you're not good enough and you're being found fault with. And she was reacting in herself with this constant finding fault there. there. And she said it had been going on for months. Husband had talked to her about it, asked her to stop. It wasn't very nice for him, uh, etc. There. And she said, she woke up one morning and she said to herself, along the lines, enough is enough. Not one single word of complaint about my husband will come out of my mouth again. Not one word. And it stopped. For him, heaven on earth. And some may say, oh, she suppressed it. It's repressed. But she said, he hadn't had any of that. If it was, you know, repressed, whoa, 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 there's going to be a volcano and it's going to be dumped on him. <laughs> so she said, two years later, there is still love we are the best of friends, we are very close, and this complaining had stopped in that moment when it arose in me, this stops from now on. Sometimes there is the clarity, and the clarity is so beautiful that the conditions for it have lost their power. There's no suppression. They've just lost their authority over the relationship the shadow, to use Jung's words, is no longer landing on the good man in her life. Human beings sometimes, it can be immediate, it can be gradual. Let's really be open to the value and the importance of both. Yeah. And then just finally, finally, you can tell I'm a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Buddha fan. It says, and then it goes, through that there is the seeing of letting go. We often think letting go is, uh, it can be at times, um, an act of the will. You know, I, I need to let go. But it isn't easy, as we know, just to let go. And it's another one of these words which become the, supposed to be the answer to all of our prayers. You know, we could have coffee with someone and say, oh, I'm really caught up and stuck about this, that, the other. You're sitting there having your oat latte because you're now preferring plant-based food, aren't you? And, uh, and then you say, well, just let go. Oh, do you think the person hasn't thought of that? <laughs> you think they haven't heard that in their own mind 2,000 times? Oh, just let go. Oh, yeah, of course. Just let, let, let go of the, the debts. Let go of the marriage. Let go of the unemployment. Let go of my unhappiness. Let go, let go, let go. Yes, of course. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yes, it's a very slight exaggeration of life in the coffee shop. <laughs> but um, in Totnes, where I live, it's no exaggeration. It's the, the daily conversation point. <laughs> the, the, the Sunday newspaper a few years ago said 
Totnes, town of 8,400 people, they did a four-page article, this is true, and it said, Totnes is a town where only therapists and their clients live. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) All right, we'll get back to where we were. So sometimes, in the movement and the unfolding of life, in the exploration of non-clinging, through being with change, in recognizing there are some areas in your life and my life which we really need to give some attention to. And in that, it may be gradual. It may be <coughs> sudden, boom, finished. We're moving on. And that can be in that way. So letting go in these teachings is less the act of the will but rather it is expressing an expression of wisdom. It's an expression of understanding. If I understand completely, I won't cling. And if I don't cling, there will be love. There will be respect. There will be mindfulness. There will be service. There will be addressing those things which are arising inwardly and uh, outwardly. So the letting go is really an outcome of the wisdom and the understanding. And at times, it may be part of the process, of course. But essentially, it's a liberation teaching. And the letting go, because we're moving freely with life, the freedom of the movement is the liberation. A liberation so beautiful, death can't interrupt it. That area of uh, uh, expression, and sometimes things uh, uh, occur, and in the mindfulness, in the responses, and plenty of things may arise for us, and then unexpectedly, then we have to address uh, that, and, and to catch our catch our response. My precious daughter. Nashona rang me up this rang me up this morning, and she's engaged with a whole uh, project uh, which is uh, going on for her. And then she said to me, at the end, five or ten minutes, she said, "Dad, do you know what day it is?" I said, "Yes, it's it's." Wednesday. And then she said, yes, and, oh my God, it's the 3rd of July. She's 38 today. I've forgotten. Are there any therapists to help me get through this? (laughs) So, oh. And, uh, so, due, due apologies, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima, <laughs> etc. And the reason that she rang, she's setting up this project working with the police and working with the social services and mindfulness to bring it into a variety of areas of domestic violence, street violence, and many other projects many other projects, give support to the refugee communities and and many, many others. And one of her old bosses, who really, you know, really loves my daughter, really precious man, uh, who uh, lives just a few uh, miles away, he worked for social services very quickly. He moved out of that and he started up these social enterprise and EU uh, programs where you kind of give support and you get some remuneration, etc. And that requires quite a lot of fundraising and for fundraising requires a lot of skills and, and so forth. And he's just received, last week or two, half a million pound 
£500,000 grant from the lottery for his projects that he's doing to help families in distress, help communities, etc. And he's delighted about it. And he said to, N- said to N- Nishona, who, with whom he's very good friends and they share this kindred spirit of service to the community, uh, to, he said, Nishona, just send to me all your uh, grant applications, all your appeals to fund to various organisations, networks, um, arrange a meeting with the Mayor of London because he'll be supportive, this, you know, this Muslim mayor, and he's, he's a good man uh, uh, there. And I'll do everything that I can to uh, give you support. So I emailed my daughter, happy birthday, <laughs> and I said, your ex-boss has given you the best possible birthday present. Absolutely. May we have the opportunity to give people lovely birthday presents. Okay, thanks for listening. Let's have our quiet minute, shall we? May all beings explore the human experience. May all beings look deeply into life. May all beings live with love and liberation. <laughs>